Hey folks, and welcome to Last Night This Afternoon, April 21st. Yeah, it's April. Um, let's start today talking about another big trade. It's another day in MLB Pro and another trade goes down. This one being between uh, the Boston Red Sox and the Texas Rangers. The main pieces here being... Uh, excuse me, Dave Grobes, the current middle reliever, but historically kind of split his time between the pen and the rotation, although majorly being used as a starter in his time in Houston. Um, his brief stint here in Texas being used as a middle reliever. And then JT Realmuto coming back from Boston over to the Rangers. The Rangers looking to spark some offensive production, particularly from the catcher's position. And the Red Sox looking to stem some of the woes from the back half of their rotation, uh, who has been pretty bad outside of a couple of uh, starts. You know, Sydney English went very well yesterday, and there's some other good stuff to write home about as well. So it's an interesting one, right? It's two teams dealing from places, assumingly, of strength, although I, I think Texas's offense has, has been pretty good, um, to shore themselves up. You know, I guess the first piece to look at would be JT Riamuto. Is he... Is he a quality enough catcher to go out and move the needle in Texas, a team that we talked about very briefly the other day during Kevin Gurdy's tenure there, which has been relatively without celebration and without, um, you know, big, big names and big production around. The man has improved the Texas Rangers record every year. He's the only GM to do that that has a tenure over three years in the league. Kevin Gurry has been very good at taking a team in a very stacked division and quietly improving them every year. So it's tough to question his decisions when he's been pretty spot, spot on, excuse me, all the way through. JT Riamuto has never been more than a two-win catcher or two-war catcher. I don't think he's been ever been higher than 1.8. He's coming up 1.6 season. We get 244. Um, definitely struggling out of the gate this year, hitting 160. The reality is, coming to Texas by nature of arriving in Arlington, will improve your offensive statistics. It is the, it's our version of Coors Field. I mean, Arlington is a hitter's paradise and a pitcher's nightmare, you know, as evidenced by, this is going to be a very local reference here to Atlanta, but Eric Lee, uh, who is now in AAA, is a defensive wizard, um, you know, has never really stuck in the Braves roster. I think he hit like 15 home runs or something like that in a short stint in Texas. I don't think he's hit 15 home runs in five years in the Braves organization. So, again, just being in Arlington raises your prospects as an offensive player. On the flip side of that, being in Arlington also hurts your prospects potentially as a pitcher. Um, you know, there's been some really good guys here pitch for the Rangers that have not been able to produce to the level that they're used to just because the ball flies out of there a little bit faster. So, we'll see what this does. You know, I, Originally, when I saw the trade come across, I thought Dave Groves was starting. I thought that's why they went and got him from Houston this offseason. But it turns out they've been using Groves in the bullpen. Brett, uh, Brett I'm just calling him Brett Gardner. Uh, Brett Jackson has already said that he intends to put Groves back into the starting rotation to try to ease some of the woes that they've had early on. So it'll be good to see him get back into that role. Is he going to be the difference maker Boston hopes? I mean, I think he competes with the teams he should. You know, I, I don't think he's going to get blown out by Tampa this year. You know, as good as and feisty as Tampa has been, I don't think he gets blown out by the Orioles as, as good as they have been at times and as 
on the Orioles bandwagon as I have been, which is about as on a bandwagon as any one person can be. Um, but I don't think he's good enough to compete, you know, realistically with the Yankees and the Blue Jays. So we'll see. This is an interesting trade. I, I, I like to see teams going out and trying to fix things early while at the same time not blowing up what they've been doing all along. There's some good prospects that trade hands, but they're young. I don't think any of them are, are franchise changers, so I'm not real worried about either division or either club going in the wrong direction, right? So anyway, we'll see how that goes down. They'll make their debuts. I assume Riamuto will make his debut tonight. I don't know when Groves will pitch. It'll probably take some time to, to kind of recover from his bullpen stint, and then he'll get into the rotation for the Red Sox. Let's get into some games from last night. So I don't have, as I sit here, uh, I don't have access to the game. I had to move my system aside. So we won't be going into the deep dive of, of the play-by-plays, which I thoroughly enjoy. Um, we'll just go through some of the highlights, right? And I want to start in Los Angeles. Um, if you were to tell somebody that you were going to hold the Angels to one run, I would assume you'd be spectacularly happy about that and, and assume that that's your best chance to beat the Angels, particularly mm-hmm. if um, their starter, Paul Erickson, you know, goes out with injury after four and two-thirds, who was pitching very well. You'd be wrong in a sense that the Angels' bullpen came through and just pitched a hell of a game, holding the Rangers to two hits, um, not allowing a single run, and the Angels go on to win one nothing behind perfect two innings from Brett Marshall, who struck out four in two innings, only 30 pitches, letting zero hits, no walks. A.J. Puck came in and threw a third of an inning, two pitches to get through that. Uh, Antonio Romero, I think is this guy's name, zero hits over one point. Two innings, so one or two thirds innings. He did walk one, and then uh, Navarez came through for his fifth save of the year, letting up again one hit. But what is that? Five perfect innings, five shutout innings. Excuse me, not perfect. Five innings, one hit, one walk from four bullpen members for LA for a team that's pitching staff was supposed to be its weakness. That's very frightening if you're the rest of the league. It's probably a little disheartening if you're Texas, who couldn't manage more than two hits. Couldn't manage a single extra base hit. Both hits they had were singles. They were both Major Hardy. Um, I mean, it's a bummer. You know, it really is. If, if you're a non-Angels fan, if you're an Angels fan, not that you're counting wins early on, but it has to feel good to get a win like this when this has not been the forte of the Angels you know, franchise over the last couple of years. It's hard to say anything negative about them, but if you could, it'd be that, you know, they're not holding people to zero runs all the time, and, and they are typically scored more than this. So the score we're running, getting a win, it's got to be exciting. The interesting piece about how they won, by the way, it wasn't Nomar Mazzara, it wasn't Mike Trout, it wasn't even Dansby Swanson, who has been off to an explosive start this season. It was Al Pujols, the man who was on the waivers earlier this year. And, you know, the rumors were that he was being pushed into retirement, drives in his first run of the year. The first run he drives in just happens to be the only run scored in a one nothing game and give the Angels the win. So, you know, you got to love baseball. Um, you got to love the old guys as as Albert Pujols still hanging in there and still winning baseball games for the Angels. So good stuff. Cody McCutt, uh, we've talked about him a ton this season. He had his worst start of the year this year or uh, last night, excuse me, against the Padres. And he's 4-0. As the area is still sub two. He went seven and a third innings. He put five hits, three walks, only allowed two runs. Needed 92 pitches to get through seven and a third. Sorry, his ER is still below one, by the way, and get his fourth one of the year. He did only strike out one pitch or batter, which is interesting and not his his typical. 
But if you are a Milwaukee Brewers fan, you have to be ecstatic about the fact that your young ace's worst start of the year is a start where he went seven and a third, gave up two runs, and got this fourth victory of the year. It's a Padres team that, while nobody really still expects them to be the front runner in the American League West, they're good. They've been good this year. So beating them is not the afterthought or the, oh, well, well, you know, we're supposed to beat the Padres. Maybe that we all thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. These are two teams that are playing above their station at the moment and two teams that need every win that they can get in a bad way. And Cody McCuck is delivering over and over and over and over again. And I love it. It was spectacular to watch. It kind of led me down a little rabbit hole, honestly, when I started thinking about it. Like Cody McCuck is a guy that, you know, I didn't expect him to be this good. I didn't expect him to be bad, but where did he come from, right, was my, my thought process. He looks like a Cy Young candidate, like a legit Cy Young candidate. And if you're trying to figure out where Cody McCuck came from, he came from a trade with the Toronto Blue Jays a couple of years ago. The uh, Brewers traded Esteban Hernandez, who at the time was a, you know, well-thought-of baseball player. I think he's kind of fallen out of favor in the league at this point, based on his trajectory I'm about to lay out for you. But Esteban Hernandez was acquired for Cody McCuck and Pedro Cuevas, who is also pitching for the Brewers right now. Not nearly to the level of McCuck, but few are. Um, but he's no slouch either, just pitching very well for them. Esteban Hernandez played 109 games in that season for the Toronto Blue Jays. He was good by all uh, you know, cats. He was actually great in the postseason for them. And he was then immediately traded. So he was traded uh, by the Blue Jays to the White Sox, along with Gary Sanchez, for a huge, it was a massive deal in that offseason, you remember, right? I didn't write down everybody that with that trade involved, but he was traded to the White Sox, right? He spent five months in Chicago before being dealt to the Cincinnati Reds, who then two days later sent him to the New York Yankees. The Yankees signed him to a seven-year extension three days later, and then six months later in the offseason, they sent him to St. Louis, which is where he is now. I mean, it's a hell of a ride for a guy that was essentially dealt for a potential Cy Young winner. Now, again, McCuck did what he – or not McCuck uh, – Esteban Hernandez did what he was supposed to do for the Blue Jays that year. He gave them the best chance they had to win a World Series that year. He was a great player for them, but it's just fun to look through these things. Anyway, let's move on. Hunter Johnson earns his first Major League win for Tampa in his third start. He went nine innings and struck out 12 against the Royals. He only did 98 pitches to do it, by the way. 68 of those pitches he threw for strikes. He didn't walk a single batter. I mean, the guy was spectacular. Another young ace pitcher looking very good early on. In his 27 and two-thirds innings he has pitched this season, he has struck out 26 batters and only walked six. And that sounds spectacular. It's about right for Hunter Johnson, who did exactly this, struck out everybody and walked no one in college, struggled in 2018 in his first season in professional ball, but has since figured it out and has continued to produce this like five-to-one, six-to-one ratio of strikeouts to walks across his career. And I think he's going to continue to do it as he matures as a pitcher down there in Tampa Bay. You have to be thrilled about this if you are a Tampa fan. And just trust me, I know John Hines is. I mean, Greg Maddox would be proud of this kid's control. It's, it's incredible. Braves like their losing streak. Um, after losing four straight to the Cubs and Marlins, um, they put up nine against the Yankees. They hit five home runs, two from Taylor Sparks, who was leading the National League with nine home runs and, and thoroughly enjoying the start to a season as a leadoff hitter. And two by rookie Doug Smith, who came over from Oakland in the Taylor 
no, the Trevor Story trade in the offseason, uh, who's been good out of the gate as the rookie catcher for the Braves. Actually, he was not slated to even be on the roster until spring training. And he's, he was great in spring training, and it's been great to start the year. Delaying the call-up of Dalton Varsho, the Braves' top catching prospect who they got from Philadelphia last year. Um, who probably still will be called up at some point. You have to figure to, to platoon with him as it definitely seems like Mike Zunino is done uh, with this team. So anyhow, fun to see uh, 95 win for the Braves in the Bronx. Bill Black continued to break the hearts of the White Sox faithful. He has been awesome. And then he's been awful and he's been awful. And he's been awesome. Uh, and the poor White Sox have lost eight straight. He threw six really good innings. Six and two-thirds, really, until with two outs in the bottom of the seventh, he gave up a double to drive in a couple of runs and ended up getting three runs. Uh, with two outs in the sixth, the White Sox ended up losing. I mean, it, it, they were up 2-0. He held the 2-0 lead until that point. And then he gives up three runs, and the White Sox can't muster a comeback, and they lose 3-2. It's been this way all season for the White Sox. Just heartbreaking losses, you know, bad turns that they can't recover from. They're starting to slip. And again, it's still very, very early. But at what point do you panic a little bit? Not now. I know Jonathan Hodges is staying positive. He's, he's making some small moves. He's trying to boost the, the lineup. I am a little bit worried about the White Sox. Not long term, but we'll see. Jordan Lyles goes five shutout innings in his first win in Cincinnati in his first start. Uh, GM Kimberly, Kimberly, I can't remember your last name. My apologies, but uh, got, apparently got a little drunk after the game and was quoted saying that that's a fucking Cy Young performance of Jordan Lyles. Obviously, she is uh, being a little bit facetious there with that uh, take, but it was fun to see the GM enjoying uh, the move she made to bring in a guy like Lyles. Again, Lyles was brought in as a salary dump. You have to figure to bring in some prospects, but um, it's always fun when things like that pan out. And the, and the, the Reds have won a couple games here over the last couple of weeks. You know, the, the Royals are winning some games. It's fun to watch some of these teams that started off really slowly and don't have high expectations win some games in fun manners. Jordan Lyles, good on you, man. Like, you're not as bad as everybody says. It's just your name got dragged through the mud by Jim Mellicar for so long before he got dealt to New York. And it's just fun to see him get back there and play. Baltimore proved to 11-6. and six. Nick Senzel hits his first home run. And Rod Cunningham comes in with a two-inning save. He's pitched in 11 games, 12 innings, all scoreless. The guy has been awesome. Is he this year's Kyle Radatz? I know that's everybody's favorite topic. Who is the reliever of the year? But he really looks like it as Radatz struggles and the Mets, you know, claw out of the basement. They definitely look better, by the way. They are improving. But is Rod Cunningham, Super Rod Cunningham would be his nickname, this year's version of Kyle Radatz, where a reliever comes out of nowhere, it seemingly plays well above what they are meant to do. I don't know. It's still super early, but I am a fan. I like watching this team play, and uh, I think it's worth taking a look. At, you know at what he's going to do around the around the horn here. Sorry, I, I said all that about Kimberly bringing Jordan Lyles into the system. I totally spaced on the fact that what she was saying was that her team made Jordan Lyles look like a fucking Young winner because he blanked the Arizona Diamondbacks who continue to struggle. I'm sorry. I got that totally mixed up. But let's right. Lyles is in Cincinnati. Kim is out in Arizona. Uh, my apologies for the, the horrid retelling of that story. The sentiment remains the same. Drunk GM, I guess, is furious more than happy that Jordan Lyles shuts out her team. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, up and down. <laughs> God damn it. We Cleveland. 
Uh, we talked about them beating Chicago, a much-needed win for the Cleveland baseball team. You've got Minnesota hanging 12 on Oakland, which is uh, good for them. They, they definitely needed a win. I'm sorry, not good for them if you're Oakland, but good for the Twins is they definitely needed a win. They did the offense to break out in a bad way. Um, the Mets blank the Cubs after the, the Cubs sweep the Braves. They then lose 5 nothing. only get three hits as Alberto Vega reverts to his uh, all-star status, if you will. It's nine innings, he had three hits, struck out 10. His ERA is now 296, his first win on the year. Alberto Vega is spectacular. The Mets look like they are back in control of their uh, census here. They're still 7-10, and 10, so got some way to go. Philadelphia wins 5-2 to two over San Francisco. Pittsburgh, 10-8 over Detroit. We talked about Seattle. Did we talk about Seattle? No, we did not. Seattle beats the Dodgers 7-2. to two. Uh, Toronto beats Boston 8-1. to Washington wins 1-0 over St. Louis in what was a spectacular pitching duel between John Simpson, who improves to 2-0 with a 2.04 ERA, and Craig Cooper, who has struggled in his uh, you know early tenure in, in St. Louis, kind of lending credence to the other side of the argument. I thought it, Cooper would be just as good as Kershaw. Kershaw's been good in Colorado, as good as you could expect, and Craig Cooper has struggled a little bit in, in St. Louis, but this is the kind of performance that the, the Cardinals are looking for out of him. Not the kind of performance they're looking for out of their offense, mind you, but Craig Cooper did go seven innings and struck out seven and only allowed three base runners all on um, singles. One to you know, Rogers, Wells, and Liriano, all singles. So no extra base hits. Craig Cooper was great that the uh, the the Nats were able to drive in a run. Is <sighs> Bill Wells, excuse me, drove one in the seventh. That was the, the rundown of what happened yesterday. My goal, I just moved my computer inside, was to be able to go through a couple of deep dive games. We'll do that tomorrow. I appreciate y'all listening. Thanks for the feedback. This has been Last Night Today.